Hello and welcome to another edition of Menopause Buddies. Uh, today I'm joined by Claire. Hi Claire. Hi there Annie. How are you? I'm fine thank you Annie, very well. Good, good, good. Well Claire could you start by just telling um, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah now what to say about me. Um, I live in South London where I've lived here for about 20 years now Prior to that, on the south coast, I live with my lovely husband. Um, I love cooking. I love pottering in the garden, and most of all, I love travelling to hot climates and uh, enjoying lovely holidays. Um, I've pretty much worked in marketing and communications all of my working life, and although I am fast approaching. Um, a special age. I am still working and I will continue to do so all the time. I'm enjoying myself. That's brilliant about me. <laughs> brilliant. No, it all sounds good. I love the holidays. Yes, I think, yeah, we could do with some sun right now. Um, so would you like to share your menopause journey so far? Just tell the listeners, you know, what you've experienced and what you've, um, how you help everything along. Yes, of course. So I'm guessing I'm postmenopausal. Um, I've never really stopped to think about what phase I am in that process, to be honest. Um, right. I'm fast approaching 60 and I had a hysterectomy last year and I thought that would all be over. But unfortunately, I am still on HRT. I had to go back onto it after the operation. And I was trying to think back before this uh, chat about when the menopause started for me and I think it must have been mid to late 40s I think my periods became quite erratic and I started to get hot flushes and I think the thing that really did it for me was when the hot flushes started they were extremely brutal right <laughs> you would yeah. feel that heat rising up from your chest up into your head and then the sweat would start to pour down your face and you go bright red and you know I, I spoke to GP on a number of occasions about it and the initial thing was to push me towards the herbal remedy route um, but I was you know just not sleeping I was every hour and a half I was you know at night covers off because I was too hot then covers back on because I was cold and it just was getting exhausting yeah but also working in financial services in a very predominantly male environment it just became incredibly embarrassing when you're sitting in a meeting and all of a sudden you go bright red and sweating and you know if you're not careful over time it can start to destroy your self-confidence and I was really conscious of that and um, I remember I, I tried a number of times with the GP to get them to describe something for me and even a GP at our local surgery who specialised in women's issues wouldn't give it to me oh. and I think in the end I stayed a bit of a in, in her <laughs> surgery and I said I'm not going anywhere until I get HRT, I cannot carry on like this. It's just, you know, it's affecting my life, both professional and personal, you know, and being exhausted all the time from the lack of sleep is not good for you. And so 
you know that was one thing um i do remember i had i went into a local health food shop and i was sort of quietly looking at the rep remedies available and i think they had recommended things like starflower oil and evening primrose oil none of which did anything for me but i remember standing looking at the shelf my sort of felt this shadow next to me and this really tall male shop assistant assist, oh excuse me assistant was standing <laughs> he said in a really loud voice could i help you madam and i said really quietly i'm looking for things for hot flushes and really loudly <laughs> blew me across the shop it was it was well most women with hot flushes right you know, find that this helps and i just <laughs> oh my god i can't be coping with this and i just scurried out you know <sighs> head down from the shop bless him he was trying to help and i shouldn't have been so you know embarrassed about it yeah, but, yeah. you know i was for some reason and um you know the other thing i found quite interesting nowadays is that it's great that there's been so much talk about it in the media and i hadn't realized they're talking about 40 plus symptoms of the menopause that you could potentially suffer with during that time i had no idea and i clearly no one else really did at that time when I was going through it and I'm I'm not sure if I suffered any other symptoms other than the hot flushes and and the periods slowing down but you know I wonder if I did I probably just put it down waging and that was it I I don't know so I can't really say if I had brain fog or all of the other things that that women are currently talking about certainly I have a brain fog now but I do think that's part of the aging process <laughs> rather than anything else um you know I think the other thing that was quite amusing uh, in a working environment was um I called my hot flushes my own personal summers and it seemed to make it easier when I was talking to people to say oh excuse me I'm just having a personal summer here and a lot of the ladies that I worked with loved that expression. And I must credit a friend of mine for that as well. It wasn't my, I didn't uh, come to that. But they loved that. And as they started to get to that point in their lives, they would use the same expression. And it sort of became a bit of a code amongst us in the workplace that we could just say that and people would stop and give you a minute. We all understood what that meant and what that yes, person was yeah. going through um so that that was quite amusing and you know because no one else knew what we were talking about at the time so um yeah it was yeah very very difficult in trying to get the information that you needed to have the time from gps to actually talk to you about what what it all meant you know what are the phases of menopause what would i be going through next and potentially and you know how would it all end when would it all end and i probably still not clear on that and that's probably my fault because there's lots of information out there and i'm just not really reading up on it i i guess um 
I, I feel now that some women are still having to push for treatment, you know, or just that time in the GP surgery to have that conversation with someone about it. And I've had different, different viewpoints from uh, colleagues. A friend of mine had a great experience. Her GP did all the blood tests and then booked her in for a special appointment specifically to talk about the menopause and you know her symptoms and what they could offer her uh, and yet another friend at work went to her GP started talking to them about all of the things she was going through and the doctor just interrupted her and said look sorry can we speed up we've only got 10 minutes for this appointment oh wow can you believe that <laughs> nowadays? Yeah, um, it does seem to be pretty hit and miss as to you know what doctor you get and if that's going to be a positive experience or not. Because a lot of people seem to need to move doctors to actually get heard, which is yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I think very much so. And I think it's you know, and I don't know what it is. Is it because they don't? Have the expertise and and I don't GPs for that you know as a GP I think we have a very high expectation that they're supposed to know absolutely everything about our bodies and know exactly what's going on but I think the challenge is they don't have anyone to refer us on to there aren't specialist units and with the state of the NHS at the moment I doubt that that's something that is a priority for the NHS to set up. And if you do have private health insurance, you you have you have more of a chance of getting to see someone and and have a specific conversation and plenty of time to talk about what's going on with you. Because quite often, as I said. You, things might be happening to you but you're not actually fully aware of them until someone says or asks you a question about it and then you go oh yeah that's what it is then yeah I think there's a gap between when you have symptoms and then you work out what it is because as you say I mean there are so many different symptoms and everyone's menopause is different you know you might have a hundred women in the room and and they'll have a hundred different symptoms in different um you know different mixes so it's, I think it's hard for the medical profession, and but I think they are hopefully getting better because there's more awareness and there's a lot of pressure from the media and from you know, the Davina and um, the the um, the government to to actually provide a service for everybody uh, so that they don't have to go private because you shouldn't have to go private for for a process like this but um, and I think it's it's you know that, that that friend of yours going into the doctor and being told can you hurry up it's the exact opposite of what you need you need someone to uh, be kind understanding and listen and even if they yeah. know that they're going to be saying a little bit longer than 10 minutes maybe just you know go with it but don't make them feel unheard and unwanted in there uh, oh yeah absolutely and I think even if I mean I think it's for any issue that you're concerned about you know I I appreciate that GPs only have a short space of time to see people because they have so many people to see in a day but it's that you know look 
I know this is a worry for you. Let's book some time where we can, you know, we can put that aside and we can talk properly about this subject and I'll book you in for a session. Yeah. Even that would be something. Um, but I just don't think at the moment doctors have the capacity to do that. Um, you know, what the other thing I find quite interesting is this, for me, this was well, 15 years ago when I started to go through this. And I think it was only 15 years. We're not, wasn't back in the 50s when, you know, that, I mean, more medical lie back and think of England. Yeah. It wasn't a long time. And, and you feel yes we've come on a long way but there is still a long way to go in in i don't know whether the research is happening in the background and we don't know about it or whether it's just something that you know women have had to drive the agenda on which is what you know davina or those people have been doing does that make Sense. Yeah, no, very much so. And I think it's also why I set up this podcast, really, is that other women listening will know what to do and pick up snippets from other women from what they've been through. So that, you know, if you don't get the right doctor, try another one. Keep Just be persistent. Don't get fobbed off. If they yeah. tell you, yeah, just keep asking questions and keep being persistent. And yeah, so hopefully, you know, people listening will, will, will hear that and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And uh, yeah. So, so are you still on HRT? Then will you stay on that? Yeah, I am. Unfortunately, I was hoping when I had my hysterectomy that all of that would stop. Um, unfortunately, about well, about four weeks after the operation, I started to get the odd hot flush. But then, I just assumed that that was my hormones adjusting to the fact that. It was a big chunk of me missing and it was trying to work out. They were trying to work out what was going on. And so <laughs> they were manageable at the time. And then about three months after the operation, they started to come back with a vengeance. And it was back with, you know, during the night, covers off, covers on. And I thought, oh, goodness, I couldn't I couldn't cope with that. But I was very lucky in that the surgeon who did my hysterectomy he was very much of the attitude that, you know, if there is medication or help to alleviate these issues for women, then he was quite happy to prescribe it as long as there were no, you know, major risks to him doing that for that individual. So for me, there was no question at that point. He said, you know, if you can't manage them, these hot flushes, then absolutely go back on HRT. So I'm on the patches now, which means that for my age group, there is supposed to be um, much less of a risk for, of all the, the horrible things that HRT can do to you, like breast cancer and uh, and blood clots and all those gruesome things. That's not to say totally risk-free, but uh, they are better for people they don't yeah. look very pretty but <laughs> <laughs> so had you had you finished with all that before you had the hysterectomy and then that just um restarted everything again no i was still on hrt i was i was on hrt quite a few 
years and uh, I think was in 2017 they discovered a massive fibroid and so they they put me on a different HRT which stopped the bleeding completely and then the fibroid started playing up again and that's when they said okay the only option here is for a hysterectomy and that's why I had that operation so I suspect that even if I hadn't had the hysterectomy I would have continued with HRT and it's weird because I don't know how long I will be on it for either because and no one can really tell that until you stop taking it I suppose and see what happens yeah I guess yeah yeah uh, and again, you yeah, say every every person's experience of menopause is very different, and some people might have hardly any problems, and some people have, you know, every all of the symptoms. And it's and and at the time that it takes you to get through it is different for everybody as well. Exactly, but you've been quite fortunate in that you've had very few symptoms. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that I know yeah. of. <laughs> So well, you know, past... you know about the brain fog. I can tell you that if you had the brain fog, you'd know about that. <laughs> you'd yeah, know I'm about sure the mood swings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's certain things you'd know. You'd know about the aches and pains. Yeah, and the anxiety. Yeah, no, the, you would know about them. So, yeah, it's well, that's interesting. The thing. Isn't I don't know. It? Yeah, I don't know if I did have the mood swings because, you know, I. But then I wonder if it was just because as I was getting older, I was just becoming more intolerant with things and becoming a grumpy old woman. So I don't, you know, it's really difficult to remember because it was so, it was a while ago. But I think you're right. I didn't suffer as many symptoms yeah. as, as others, but the hot flushes were, you know, really difficult to manage without medical help. Yes, yeah, and and luckily the HRT worked for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and is there anything else? <clears throat> excuse me. You wish you'd known that you'd like to pass on to listeners. Um, I think for me, I, I yeah, I I think for me it's it was more when you start to go through that process is is having someone to talk to or listen to to explain the phases and what it really means and what's going on with your body and I think to your point about this podcast the more you can get that information out there and it's reliable information as well that's the most important thing and having women talking about their own experiences is probably the most reliable you might be able to get yes, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah. I, I think it's you know what you're doing is great because it does give people a chance to hear other experiences and know that they're they're not alone um i think that's probably you know i think for other things and i was I like liken it to if you go to a GP with sort of aches and pains I always feel like sometimes it's a bit like taking your car to the garage you don't necessarily want to know every ins and out exactly what's wrong with it you just want to know if it's safe to drive <laughs> and quite often with the men with with GP appointments that's kind of what you're going for it's that reassurance but I think with the menopause 
there is so much more to it than that it needs more time for people to really get their heads around what that's going to mean for them um but it's not just the physical effects it's the emotional effects that it has on you and understanding um when it's happening to you so that you you want to be able to stop it but you understand it so i like bit with pmt i used to get quite bad pmt and i would have mood swings and i'd be really grouchy and i would be so intolerant with things and i knew it was happening to me even though i couldn't stop myself i knew what it was and i could then say look sorry i know what this is just put up with me bear with me for a few more days <laughs> it'll pass sweetness <laughs> and light and i think it's those yeah. kind of things you kind of you need to you want to know what to recognize and a that you're not running to the gp every five minutes to say you know am i okay it's it's understanding that process a bit more yes no yeah. good i think that's a good message to pass on and 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 unfortunately there are so many symptoms that some of the you do have to go and just have them checked out but uh, yeah on the whole it's just good to know what it is and then you can actually if you name it you could almost deal with it you feel a bit stronger yeah. it doesn't make it any less but it somehow psychologically makes it you can deal with it once you know once you know what you're dealing with yeah and i think that's the same with any illness that yes. you have isn't it you yeah. just you know um yeah. so i'm not putting down any other illness that you you have some of you know some are much worse than the menopause but it is that understanding and and being able to identify certain things though so. yeah exactly well i think the listeners will have found that very useful claire and uh, thank you so much for your time and for joining me and uh, yeah that's the end of another edition of menopause buddies well thanks annie and and uh, yeah, I hope it is of help to people and I very much enjoyed talking to you. Likewise, Claire. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the 37th episode of Menopause Buddies published. I can't believe that's the 37th episode. I hope you've been enjoying listening to everyone's stories and learning from their experiences. If you've got an experience you'd like to share on Menopause Buddies, do contact me on annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk. I look forward to hearing from you. <music>